0: Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment and feel free to share with your friends thanks for joining me today this week i chat with brian hammonds five surveyor and pilot from the beautiful hunter valley so grab a drink sit back and relax while we have that chat
1: Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. My guest today is Brian James Hammonds. Brian is a registered surveyor and UAV pilot at Fife in Newcastle, New South Wales. Brian was born in Currie Curry Hospital and grew up in the beautiful Hunter Valley. He is known to his mates as BJ and Hamo, typical Aussie nicknames that are usually shortened or lengthened by using your full name in some way, shape or form. Growing up, Brian had aspirations of being a helicopter pilot in the army, or working in the Defence Force but, it, but was unable to pursue his career due to his eyesight. He loves cricket, I won't hold that against him, motorbike riding, spending time with his family and walking his dogs. I could go on about that but he can tell us more later. Brian began his career at TAFE and during this time he won the most improved during his second year. He has also been privileged to be a finalist a couple of times at the Excellence in Surveying and Spatial Information Awards, also known as the ESEA Awards. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Peter. So tell me a little bit about yourself. You were born in Currie-Currie. Did you mostly grow up there?
2: Uh, No, so my grandparents and my mum's side of the family were were, uh, all Currie-based. Dad's side's from Maitland in the Hunter Valley. A mm-hmm. um, couple of years after I was born, we moved to Brangston uh, where dad worked on the railway and mum was a registered nurse. So I uh, went to school in Brangston and then did my high school years in Maitland um, playing. Dad was a cricketer. So that was what happened. We just all played cricket. <laughs> um, and then because I wore nice thick glasses at the time, I uh, didn't get to play much winter sport. Um so it was more sort of watch from the sideline with my mates, but uh, yeah, if we weren't riding motorbikes or push bikes, then uh, we're off running a muck in the bush. So that was growing up, and then um, after I uh, finished high school, I uh, actually in my HSE year, I turned down teachers' college. I was tossing up whether to be an industrial arts teacher or uh, go and do surveying,
1: and uh, ah, decided I wanted to work
2: outdoors. So, so yeah, so that was. Uh, sort of where I went on with my career after that before going to TAFE.
1: So what attracted you to surveying then?
2: Um, Well, initially, I I didn't mind, most surveyors will probably hate to admit it, but I didn't mind actually maths at school. But (laughs) um, I I also wanted to be outside. So predominantly, I wanted to be working outside, whether it was carpentry or building stuff or just working generally outside so and I thought one way to combine the two and see the bush and get out in the bush was to uh, was to do surveying so uh, uh, that was sort of really what attracted me a a job where I could work both indoors and outdoors.
1: Yeah okay so was that a decision when you were still in high school or? Yeah it
2: was Um, so I sort of did it um, it was probably year 11 Um, I sort of changed my the, the tack that I really wanted to go. Yeah. Um, then I decided that it was like, no, nah, I need to um, need to sort of really pursue which where I want to be and that was uh, surveying. And while I got the marks to go to uni, there weren't enough places due to the number of adults that were um, already, already mature age students, I suppose. So yeah. that's when I decided I'd go to TAFE and do last year of the I think it was the land and engineering survey drafting surveying course Mm -hmm. at Newcastle TAFE um I did that first year full-time and two years part-time and then uh, had a couple of years off uh from study before I started university
1: yeah right did you work during that time between TAFE and uni
2: yeah Mm -hmm. I did I was working full-time um so I First year full-time at TAFE, I didn't. But then the second two years, which were part-time, I started working with Ian Marshall uh, out at mm-hmm. Um, So I was working with Ian and Mark Scott and Glenn Rose and the boys out there. So uh, for about six or 12 months, and then things got a bit tight in the late 80s. Um, so I had a bit of time off before I started working up in Singleton in the Hunter Valley, where I was sort of first introduced to mining and uh, a lot of rural work.
1: Yeah, okay. So you work for Fife. Um, I do. What, what's your position and tell me a little bit about, bit about what you do in that company.
2: Um, so yeah, I've been with Fife uh, just nearly two years um, and I come on board as a registered land surveyor but also as a UAV pilot yeah. um, to help the guys out locally. Um, we, they only had one other land surveyor um, in New South Wales. I've got plenty of mine surveyors. Mm -hmm. Um, And that one other um, land surveyor was Jamie Hook or is Jamie Hook. So do a lot of that stuff with Jamie, but uh, having worked in mining in the Hunter Valley, I um, still help out in that space. Um, But uh, at the moment, I'm also now the uh, chief pilot for uh, for Fife as the lady who was doing it previously has gone on maternity leave. so I'm taking over, over that role for the next 12 months. But uh, sort of laser scanning uh, has been a passion as well. So I do a lot of laser scanning and, as well as working in the mines and infrastructure and cadastral. So a bit of everything.
1: A bit of everything, yeah. It's good that you still get to, you're out in the field mostly.
2: Yeah, much to the boss disgust, but that's okay. I'm still preferring to be out in the paddock. Um I I'm a firm believer that you can't teach young guys surveying from behind a desk. So, uh, I like to get out there with the young blokes as much as I can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you have many, um, young ones there like from TAFE or, or uni that are... um,
2: we've got one, Yeah, you know, we've got a couple of young boys, uh, um, one who's at TAFE a couple of days a week and another youngster who's, uh, doing first year at university in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some guys that are younger surveyors, shall we say that, um, might have their qualifications, but don't have a lot of uh, experience. So yeah. I like to try and share as much knowledge with those guys as I can.
1: Mm, I see. Um, so you've been in management sort of positions um, within the industry. Did was that part of part of your plan in in being a leader um, within the industry, or you've just uh, along the way ended up there?
2: I think it's probably more been a bit of a natural progression and I've sort of ended up there more so than anything. Um, I like, I I am probably a little bit of a control freak. I like to be in control of some things, but, uh, um, I also love just getting in and helping out. So whether it's at uh, the bossy level or whether it's at the industry level, um, a lot, and I've got a passion for surveying. I love it. Absolutely love it. So, um, I can talk about it all day and, most guys will tell me that I could talk with concrete <laughs> in my mouth, but, um, it's, it's just something that I love to do. And so I suppose for me, it's just a bit of a progression to help people in the industry as much as I can.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned Bosie and the institution, um, what mm-hmm. sort of things do you do there?
2: Uh, well, on the, uh, obviously a member of Hunter Manning group, but, uh, also with, uh, Bozzy, I'm on the land and mining, uh, subcommittee, um, which has been really good. I've just started my second year term with those guys. So uh, in the first 12 months, we were responsible for writing the uh, the guidelines for laser scanning for cadastral work, which has recently been out on exhibition. Um, mm-hmm. That was really handy. And it's good to see the other side of the fence. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's any sort of assistance I can give to the industry, I think is great.
1: Yeah, because you're also part of... Um the the vocational education um, with the, the qualifications for TAFE as well. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. So
2: I, I found that quite interesting, uh, getting the different uh, side of between TAFE teaching uh, views on things and what industry want. Um, obviously, industry expectations are different, but uh, it's always good to be involved, knowing that you've put a hand in shaping the future of where, TAFE and other training organizations can go and uh, getting that practicalities back into the, um, the, the training of the, the, the future surveyors I suppose
1: yeah yeah um, what what are your biggest challenges at the moment within your job
2: uh, time um, <laughs> too much work not enough time um,
1: <laughs> sorry no, I, I,
2: what I have I, I have found I suppose it's that balance of the guys that I'm working for are really good. They're, they've embraced knowing that we have to train people. So, and knowing that uh, the company has to spend money to make money. So by empowering good knowledge, it's um, it, it's a benefit, but also that, that impacts on your own workload. So mm. that juggling of uh, productive time with training and um, sort of getting out there for your clients is probably the toughest thing. Um, the biggest problem I have is saying no. Um, so it's like, yep, I just you can do it. Whatever we need to do, we just do. And then it's about juggling the time to get that done. So that's probably my biggest issue is actually learning to say no to projects or handing stuff off to others and releasing a bit of control.
1: <laughs> Letting that control go. Correct. Good thing sometimes. Delegation. Yes. Delegation. Delegation.
2: Delegation.
1: <laughs> Has the pandemic changed the way that, that you work?
2: Um, yeah, what we've actually found here is it was really weird because we have so many pilots across the country um, and in New South Wales in particular. We found that a lot of clients were not allowing uh, contractors or to come on site for site visits. So there was a lot of drone uh, footage being captured, a okay. lot of more laser scanning and detail surveys for engineering houses. Um, it was as though they were worried that... Uh, that their workflow was gonna dry up. Mm-hmm. So they had us madly rushing out, getting as many surveys done as we can really quickly in case they had to go into a full lockdown and people weren't then gonna have work to do. So we actually found that our workload increased um, exponentially and mm-hmm. to the point where we've now put on um, an extra two or three staff members. So uh, we've been really lucky in that space that uh, our company's been able to keep charging ahead
1: yeah, that's good. So Fife's a pretty big company then?
2: Um, we've got about 290 staff across the country, um, pretty much in all states. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the guys would be in survey. Uh, we've got 25 active drone pilots at the moment. So a lot of work in oil and gas in the other states. Um, obviously mining here in New South Wales is big. Uh, regional centres as well. so. Uh, uh, laser scanning, UAVs, uh, inspection work, astral work um, and mining. Is with, we've got three registered mine surveyors here in New South Wales plus a number of other guys as well. So it's quite diverse um, and you get to work on various projects, which is uh, always a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And your registered mine surveyors, they have to go through a different process to the um, registered land surveyors to get their registration?
2: Yeah, so it's still bossy, um, obviously courses, university degree, and then they have uh, projects that they have to do, and they work under a, a statutory surveyor at a mine. Um, they will still sit the board exams, uh, same as what we do, but obviously their questions are a bit different. They have a lot more legislation
0: that mm-hmm. they
2: work under um, relating to the Mining Acts. So those guys, uh, we have a little bit of a dig at each other every now and again, because they only need to work to the scale of their drawings. So accuracy for them is gen might be plus or minus a metre compared to us where we're chasing millimetres. So uh, we, we we often have a bit of a fun dig about uh, about that. Um, we've got our state manager, Chris Nixon, is also on Ames, So um, he's heavily involved there. So that's one good thing about uh, Fife is we have a lot of guys that are active in industry bodies. Yeah. And um, they take pride in in what they do and shaping the guys futures.
1: Yeah, that's really good. So what are, what are your thoughts on the, the the current state of the profession?
2: Um as I mentioned before, like I said I'm passionate about it, I love it. Um I think we need to technology's great and there's there's massive technolo- technological advances in the industry and yeah. that's only going to keep going. But the, and it was interesting because the conversation we had even at the ACS conference uh, last week was over a few drinks uh, after dinner was that uh, a lot of guys furling that the art of surveying is starting to die um, because a lot of younger guys are used to using technology. So they get a number, but they're not real sure of whether it's right or wrong or they haven't been ingrained to question a lot of their results. So... Some of the skills of the older guys are disappearing, uh, but technology is certainly making life easier for us. Mm. Uh, There's a lot more one man survey crews as opposed to two. But uh, some say that's good, some say it's bad. I I look at it with open eyes and think, what can we use this technology for? Not, oh, what can I do with that? Um, So it's about uh, a, a nice balance. And to me, it all comes back down to that mentoring side of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do, do you think that a degree is necessary in the industry to achieve success within the industry? Um, it
2: depends on what you want to do. And, and it, it all comes back to where guys want to go. Like, as I said, I was blessed or lucky enough to do both the TAFE course and the university degree. Yeah. And the practical side of the TAFE course, for someone who could just hit the ground running I believe was far and away better than the university graduates because uh, they just were a lot further behind in picking up the practical side of things. Yeah. Obviously yeah. their analytical brain uh, for those that have completed the degree will put them into a different league eventually. Mm. So I think having a degree is definitely has advantages over it. Um, but as far as depending on where you want to go in the industry, I think dictates which way it goes a, a TAFE course. The guys can go and do the work. They're great technicians. They're very good at that side of things. And if that's what they want to do, great. Um, one of the best surveyors that I worked with at RPS was a TAFE graduate and he was had been trained old school. So he was still very good at doing field work for cadastral calculations, etc. cetera, but he had no um, uh, desire to go and get a degree because he, he had no intention of being registered. So I agree there should be the degree for the registration. Um, I don't necessarily think that you need it to be successful, yeah. but I think it's definitely worthwhile.
1: Yeah. Um, probably a silly question to ask you, do you regret your decision to become a surveyor? Uh,
2: no, nah. uh, like I said, I, I wanted to be uh, in the military and even after I'd done my TAFE course, I was looking at going into the survey corps before they disbanded it. So definitely no regrets there. Um, I love what I do, I love playing with technology, I love being outside, so it's a great combination for me. And, yeah. and to me, it's about um, reinventing yourself regularly, um, don't just get stuck in a hole and keep doing the same thing forever, you need to reach out and change. Yeah. And over my career of nearly 30 years, um, I've I've managed to do that regularly, so seeing the changes in technology has been a bonus and embracing it helps to keep your mind stimulated.
1: Mm. you nearly gagged then when you said 30 years
2: I know tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) well like I said I started my TAFE course in 88 so
1: um
2: yeah actually physically working yeah was 89 so that scares me
1: Mm. who's had the biggest impact on your career
2: um a number of people actually because oh like I said I was lucky enough I started with Ian Marshall and uh Everybody knows he's highly respected in the industry. So I spent time with him, Mark Scott, Glen Rose. And then I went on with uh, Gary Hamblin in Singleton, who taught me a whole different levels of skills. And then also um, my last supervising surveyor for my registration was a former RG surveyor, Keith Budnick. And I learned a lot from Keith. Uh, he probably had one of the largest impacts because I got introduced to the likes of Barry O'Malley, um, Dave jo, um Graham Wallace uh, all the guys at LRS at the time Mm. and I got that backdoor introduction to the way planning worked because of Keith's connections so Mm. I would say Keith and Paul at Lamotties would have probably had one of the biggest impacts on what I've done uh, in my career and their knowledge has been invaluable I I, cannot thank them enough.
1: Mm. Yeah having those um, those that connection and networking is um makes a massive difference doesn't it?
2: Oh, it does. You don't, you look at it not as an us and them uh, situation as well. Yeah. So because you now have personal connections with guys in back then, the LTA, it was great because I got to understand their logic and how, what they expected for survey plans, etc. cetera. So um, that for me really opened my eyes up. So mm. I, I can't yeah, value that any more highly.
1: Yeah. What's the worst thing that's happened to you while you've been surveying?
2: <laughs> uh, chased by snakes um, birds wild dogs horses cows um, nearly been run over by machinery so yeah that, that's probably about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everything that happens on a day to day basis out in the bush <laughs> probably no good. major injuries from surveying those so that's the main thing so yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, the, just the odd muscle strain here and there but uh, uh, look I think one of the hardest things is uh, if you do a survey and somebody else, someone questions and thinks you're wrong. That second guessing, or whether you actually think you've made a mistake, or an 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 attack on your integrity, I think that's probably the hardest thing to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. But if you've done everything right and you've got your checks and you've done all your uh, checks in the field, then you can hold your head up and say, "No, I've got done the best that I can." So that's probably the hardest thing to deal with is where people don't believe what you've done. But uh, uh, overall, the worst thing is probably, like I said, probably the near misses in the paddock, uh, having bits of equipment get trashed or something like that. Or having to tell the boss that a drain's crashed. That's probably the hardest thing to do.
1: Or oh, has that happened a few times or?
2: Uh, it's happened a couple of times. Um, one or two, one taken out by an Eagle and another oh, yeah. one where a, a, one of the guys rang me and the drone had uh, literally fell out of the sky. So, uh, or so, yeah, that can be like, oh my god, there's a forty thousand dollar drone, and now I've got to go and tell the directors that it's hit a high wall or something like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's not fun.
1: No, that wouldn't be fun.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's like watching the uh, jigger get run over by a bus. It's not nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be happy about that. <laughs> What's the what? uh, best work advice that you've ever heard?
2: be a sponge yeah um always never close your mind to learning something new whether it's from somebody who's 20 or somebody who's 60 um everybody has different experiences and you don't know everything you can't know everything um and don't be scared to put your hand up and say hey i'm not sure how to do this and someone give me a hand um but being a sponge and leaving your mind open to the fact that every job on every day has something different and you can learn from it
1: yeah good advice what's the worst advice you've ever heard
2: you're always right
1: (laughs) well some people think they are
2: they do that's that's exactly right that's probably the I have one surveyor who told me he was never wrong and I just thought that's naive and arrogant so Mm -hmm. um and I just don't appreciate people like that
1: yeah yeah um, during during your your time uh, working in your career, has something started out badly for you um, but ended up being really good? And maybe not even surveying it could be in your personal life as well. It uh,
2: started out badly and ended i good. Uh, I've, I've probably had jobs and even things in my personal life where I've sort of thought, this will be interesting. Um, and then suddenly you've uh, you've embraced it and gone on with it. Obviously the best thing that's happened to me in life was obviously kids, um, getting married, et cetera. That's all one of the highlights um, mm. in the, the life. Mm-hmm. But um, from a professional ex, um, job, I went to a project, which I'm actually still on at the moment, but uh, went to for six weeks and was there for six years. Oh, and saw a project from start to finish. So oh. for myself, from a satisfaction point of view, that was probably one of the greatest things that um, I was involved in and we were just there initially to provide a little bit of support and from that I've met so many contacts in this industry that mm-hmm. uh, they're now, I consider friends for life. So yeah, that's, that's probably something that's um, happened um, that I, I really am proud of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, what's a quote or saying that you hear people um, go on about that is complete BS?
2: <laughs> You're always right, uh, or I'm <laughs> yeah. always right. I was thinking um,
1: that when, when I was asking that question, you yeah. already answered that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, they never make a mistake. Um, that's probably something that I've heard a few guys say that I just know BS because everyone is human. Uh, we all make mistakes. At some stage, it's about... Uh, owning them or fighting them before anybody else does so that you can correct it before it has an impact on people. So, yeah. um, but yeah, the the one where people believe they're always right, that's just
1: BS. Mm, yeah. What motivates you?
2: My love for the job. Um, I love what I do. I love the people I work with. Um, I've been lucky enough in my career to be surrounded by a great team everywhere. Um, and so from that side of thing, it's easy for me even this morning to get out of bed at uh, half past four, quarter to five, to go to work because it's something that I love doing. Um, I love working for my clients um, and achieving uh, an outcome for them that they may have not thought was possible. So um, because I'm passionate about what I do, it's really easy in the morning to get up and go to work.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good industry to be in, isn't it?
2: It is, and if you've got a good work-life balance, and I'm lucky enough that I do, um, my family's supportive and I love them for that, and we still uh, have a lot of other things that we do together. So having that good balance in life, I think, uh, goes a long way to making it easier to get up for work as well.
1: Yeah. What's the most interesting thing that you've um, heard, read, seen this week?
2: This week? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Donald Trump's probably put his foot in his mouth again, but... um, (laughs) I I like watching that. Um, I haven't really seen or read much at all this week because I've been playing catch-up after last week. But uh, I like some of the skits that go around and some of the memes relating to uh, the American election and uh, yeah, the other politics that's going on. So mm-hmm. that seems to be a nice bit of light relief sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you say you're playing catch-up from last week. You were at the... Uh country surveyors
2: conference yep How'd i was happen? yeah that was good um what i think uh, michelle and uh darren booth made mention that we had a hundred odd people there in the room and then there was another hundred online doing it via zoom which was mm. great and the fact that it was the first conference that most people had ever been able to attend to mm. um this year was a uh, to be face to face with people was really great i think the networking and the interaction with other people of your peers is, uh, you, you don't value it highly enough, um, yeah. but the, the the presentations were both quite interesting. Post, obviously, bushfires last year, uh, Norrell's update, um, and of course, Stephen Bradbury, the uh, the guest speaker and the dinner was um, phenomenal. He was great. So yeah, everything went really, really well.
1: Oh, that's good. So, um... What was that? Two days or something? You were away.
2: So it was two and a half days if you did the full conference. I uh, drove up on the Thursday, day, um, did Friday, Saturday, then came home on the Sunday. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was great though to not just catch up with people, but to be back out interacting with other people in the industry.
1: I think that's missed, isn't it, at the moment?
2: It is. It's oh, massive. Uh, like. COVID's been great for getting people to the 21st century and embracing technology and looking at different ways we can use it, where we've tried to sell it in the past. yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's it's made a big impact on that uh, integration and the, um, the discussions within industry and connection of peers. That, mm. that networking has just not been there. So you can't get that in a Zoom meeting. No. Um, and while while industry has embraced that and that's been really, really good, it hasn't been, um, it's been something that we, we really need to uh, get back to as soon as we can. Some form of normality will make life much easier.
1: Yeah, I agree. What's your guilty pleasure?
2: Chocolate and riding the motorbike.
1: What kind of motorbike?
2: Uh, I got a road bike, I got a VFR a Honda VFR. The wife's got a motorbike as well, and she um, she does a lot of stuff, so um, so yeah getting out on the motorbike is probably is probably my guilty pleasure.
1: Mm-hmm. it's uh, nice to jump on the bike and just head off for the weekend I don't know how well yeah I-, I
2: find it a, a great stress relief um, uh, you come home from work and if you've had a tough day you jump on the bike and all you have to focus on then is what's going on um, with, uh, with what you're doing and enjoy your surroundings so you get to ignore that, those pressures so um, it's a good stress relief
1: yeah definitely um, do you get to travel much?
2: Um, I've been to New Zealand for skiing a number of years ago. Other than that, we try and get away um, recently, regularly, but not uh, overseas, but, um, yeah, just a bit of rest and relaxation and a bit of us time as opposed to worrying about work and everybody else's, uh, but getting out into the bush, going up the vineyards or um, up the coast is always nice just to rest and recharge the batteries.
1: Mm. So what's the most unusual place that you've been?
2: most unusual place I've been
1: or or maybe the one that's had the biggest impact on
2: you uh most people probably say it. I went to Queensland town skiing skiing in New Zealand and I found it the most chilled laid-back place that I could go back in a heartbeat (laughs) um I obviously anywhere around Australia I love as well but uh New Zealand and and Queenstown not just because of the uh, number of pubs that were there um, but just the attitude of the locals uh, the the Kiwi brothers were just so chilled and I just loved it It just felt relaxing and welcoming and I think that was probably one of the the best things that I had
1: Mm. so you you talked about uh, your wife and family how did you how did you meet the love of your life
2: (laughs) online actually
1: Really?
2: Um yeah so we met online and then um went out but uh yeah no it's uh, it's good the uh with uh, three girls, so it's um it's how long ago? a nice splendid family but uh, so uh, well we've been together for uh, and 11, a eleven and a half years we've been together we yeah. both had previous relationships but yeah. uh yeah it's uh, um it's really good. Uh, um, it's been been a nice uh, a nice change to life, and obviously, we um, we just uh, enjoy each other's company.
1: That's really nice that you've uh, been able to find someone that you enjoy doing things together and spending time with.
2: It's, it's really important, I think, for everybody to have that break away from their uh, their life at work and uh, enjoy uh, their company, their family or whatever it is they choose to do.
1: Yeah, definitely. If you uh, could go back in history, where would you go and why?
2: Um, if I could go back in history, that'd be interesting. Mm. I've always been interested in, um, like my mother's side of the family grew up in Scotland, so I'd love to go back to uh, go and see Scotland in uh, when it was at the height of a uh, Scottish law. Um, but also I'd be interested in looking at uh, old style Roman uh, construction and design and how they uh, created roads, et cetera. So well, um, yeah, it would be really, really cool to be able to see that. So I think probably back in that era would be where I'd want to go and have a look and see what I could do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, would you rather have a get out of jail card or a key that opens any door?
2: Um, I'd have the key that opens any door because, um, the philosophy is you never know what's on the other side, but you've got to embrace it. So definitely want to have that.
1: Yep, yep, definitely. At a party, where could someone find you?
2: Talking in a corner somewhere. Or oh. <laughs> 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 not on the dance floor, um, <laughs> not by the bar because I don't drink a huge amount, but uh, I like to interact and talk with people. So you'd probably find me talking with people somewhere.
1: Fair enough. Um, if you got to name a new country, what would you call oh.
2: it? Oh, how? <laughs> got well, that, yeah, that's interesting. Well, it's, it would de- depend on what the country I, – I would look at – the holistic thing and just look at the topography, the vegetation, everything before I, uh, its surroundings whether it was inland, whether it was coastal before I'd come up with a name so, um, and I'd probably try and name something that would be um, adapt to it, uh, pretty boring there I know but oh, that's I don't right. know what it, it, to me, uh, I'd work on a feature of some description and name yeah. it, something to do with that. Yep, yeah,
1: yep yeah. Would you, um, what would be the title of your memoir?
2: The man who talked too much. <laughs> I can talk underwater or talk through wet concrete, I reckon.
1: <laughs> Not a bad trait to have. <laughs> if you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk around it, jump over it or jump in it?
2: <laughs> um, depends on the size of the puddle or the above. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, that pretty much sums (laughs) up the questions i had um it's been interesting in the
2: car i drive through it (laughs) no worries (laughs) probably the somebody asked me the other week um if i had to have a legacy what would it be and i said uh particularly in this industry to be from a passion that i love it and whatever it is i want to do and uh to make it better, whether it's uh, the integrity of the cadaster or ingraining that uh, next thing into our um, the next generation of surveyors, that's what I'd want to be remembered for. Um, yeah, so that, I, I think that, that would that probably might, be my legacy.
1: Yeah, it would be um, most definitely, and that's probably um, uh, that's a really good question actually. Um, thinking about yeah, what your legacy would be,
2: and I, I would hope that that's what would, mine would be, is I'd be remembered as somebody who put in, in the industry and that they could rely on me for advice. And I don't care who it is. If you're oh. from another firm and you, you know, see that we do something and people, I'm happy for people to contact me and ask me for advice on projects.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that's really good. Um, well, I've just got a, cu- a few quick shots to fire at you. Um, yep, no worries. So answer yes, no hot, cold, whatever you think. <laughs> if you want to explain something, go right ahead.
2: <laughs> you're All right.
1: To your coffee.
2: Um, I love coffee. My wife hates it. So I drink tea at home.
1: <laughs> Cat or dog? Dog for sure. Sunrise or sunset?
2: Um, both actually.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. Summer or winter?
2: Uh, definitely a summer person.
1: Mm-hmm. Roller coasters. Do you love or hate them?
2: 100%. Get on them.
1: <laughs> Three items you'd take to a desert island?
2: um obviously my wife um a satellite phone and um a good book
1: (laughs) you like to read yeah
2: yeah too
1: Mm -hmm. what's your favorite song or artist
2: Uh, (laughs) growing up it was cold chisel and jimmy barnes um typically now it's probably probably uh oh, nickelback or something like that. But I I, I dabbles, it's more about uh songs than artists for me. Yeah. It just depends on the on, on, on the catchy tune whether it resonates with me.
1: Yeah. And I think it depends what mood you're in too, huh? Yeah, true. <laughs> Favourite movie?
2: Uh, probably the Matrix
1: movies. Okay. Favourite book?
2: Ooh, at the moment, it would be the Stephen Bradbury book.
1: Okay. Uh, are you introvert or extrovert?
2: Oh, it's funny because I talk a lot to people and I get on easy with people, but I consider myself a very private person. So mm-hmm. if I'm in a room with people, I tend to be a bit introverted. But uh, around friends, I'm definitely out there.
1: Yep, yep. I know. I know where you're coming from. There. Is your glass half full or half empty?
2: Ah, oh, it's always only half full. There's always more to do.
1: Yeah. One thing you'd never do again?
2: Um... One thing I'd never do again? Mm. Don't know. Okay. Um, wait so long to get my, bike, uh, my legal bike licence.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, you should have done it when you could just ride around the block. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you had a warning label, what would it be?
2: <laughs> Take your earplugs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who knows you best?
2: Uh, definitely my wife.
1: Yep. Favourite subject in school?
2: Maths and geography.
1: Mm. Favourite childhood memory?
2: Uh, um, weekends away with my family.
1: Hmm. Favourite food?
2: Yeah, lots, but um, (laughs) I'd say Italian generally.
1: Oh, I love Italian. Favourite drink? Bacardi. Oh, your pet peeve?
2: Arrogant people.
1: Oh, yeah. Win the lottery or have the perfect job?
2: Aren't they one and the same?
1: Well, I suppose it depends who you talk to. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, oh look, having the money be great, but having a perfect job makes life easy.
1: Yeah. Uh biggest fear. Oh yeah. <laughs> Favorite sport?
2: Cricket. Or <laughs> motorsport. sport.
1: Uh morning or night person? Morning. Proudest moment. Family. Mm-hmm. Uh dream car.
2: <laughs> um One that I could afford would probably be a uh, V8 Mustang, but uh, one that I know that I can't afford would be a Lamborghini.
1: Probably don't have the best roads for a Lamborghini out there. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Favourite colour? Blue. Who'd play you in a movie of your life?
2: Some unlucky person. Um, (laughs) I don't know. So I actually was asked that once before and – I thought somebody with a bit of a dry humour, but as uh, res- would be, I, I would hate, would be reasonably re- well spec- respected, would be someone like Morgan Freeman or someone like that. Oh,
1: okay, yep. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you?
2: According to me, probably about a four or a five. According to others, maybe six or seven.
1: <laughs> Apple or Android? Apple. Mhm. Star sign? Libra. Libra Ooh, you're my first Libra well that's it we're done <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today I've had a uh, uh I've enjoyed it
2: uh, no worries Peter. thank you so very much for your time
1: <laughs> thank you do you so before we go do you have any social media platforms or any causes that you'd like to share with the audience
2: oh, obviously I'm on LinkedIn through uh, with and I share a lot of the stuff through that but um the, one of the big things is the is the are you okay? Because a lot of people have work life stress that they don't talk about, and we need to we need to all be able to talk to somebody about stuff. So that would be the big one.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty important, isn't it? That it is, it's massive. You you never know what anyone's going through, and to let them know that they've got someone that they can talk to is uh, yeah, pretty big. Guy right yeah, behind you 100%. on that one.
2: Ah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, thank you again. Uh, it's no worries. Thank you. Uh, have a great week and I'll talk to you, you soon. Too.
2: No worries, Peter. Thank you very much.
0: I hope you enjoyed my chat with Brian today. If so, please like, subscribe and leave a review on my channels. I'll see you in a fortnight with my next guest, Leticia Rivoli.
2: Boundaries
1: with Peter Cox.